This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. From time to time, little stories from childhood will pop up in my head. And um, I had this story pop up in my head of my sister, my oldest sister, trying to do a back dive off the high dive for the first time. And I probably have shared this as an illustration at some point in time at the church before, but um, she, uh, she had no problem diving head first and she had no problem diving on the, on the lower diving board. But this one particular summer, she was trying to do a back dive off the high dive. And um, it was kind of hilarious because she was climb all the way up the steps. She'd get at the edge of the board, and then she would just stand there. <laughs> and nobody else could go off the diving board until she, like, you know, took that step. Until she got brave, until she went for it. And so you just, like, you literally had, you had 20 people around the diving board going, you can do it. Come on. You can do it. Come on. Come on. And, it, you know, in about five minutes after you can do it, it's like, come on, do it. Come on, you know, and it's, it's like, you know, all the encouragement starts off like real positive, but it like the longer we have to wait for her, it's kind of like everybody gets, you know, annoyed. And I just feel like, like that picture is such a good picture of where many of us are with our time. Where many of us are. In this sermon series, we're challenging one another to all take a step, to take a step to expand our giving, and so some of us, like, we're like, man, I got the, I got the, the low diving board, you know, the, the front dive, and it's easy. Just all day long, I can do this. All day long, no problem. Turn around, back dive. That's a little trickier. That's a little more difficult. And go up to the high dive, and I'm scared to death. High dive, forward dive, okay, I can do that. But the back dive, I can't see where I'm going. And I'm up there high. And it's a little scarier. And I think what a beautiful picture of what I believe God is moving on many of our hearts in this series to take a step to do. A step of faith. To stretch our faith. And to give in a way that maybe we've not given before. Maybe we climb up that ladder and we go to a level of giving that we've never given before. And maybe it doesn't feel like we know what's coming. We're not doing a front dive, we're doing a back dive. We don't really know how this is gonna go. This morning's sermon, I'm just calling, it's our time to be strong and courageous. It's our time to be strong and courageous. I think I want you to see this with me in in verses one through nine, as we'll see. Um, Before we read it, let me just kind of set the context here. Uh, The context uh, is uh, Israel, God's people, had been taken into captivity by Babylon on three different times. And on the third time, they burnt the city down and the temple laid in ruins. And then the Persians eventually took over. Cyrus uh, became king. And Cyrus was really kind to God's people. And he let those that wanted to go back to Israel to go back. So about 50,000 Jews go back to Israel with the heart to rebuild the temple. We call them the remnant. They had a heart for God. They wanted to rebuild the temple. And they got started rebuilding the temple. They laid the cornerstone and then they got distracted. And things prevented them from continuing to to rebuild the temple. But what they didn't get distracted in was their own homes. And so uh, the prophet Haggai speaks to God's people 
And in chapter 1, he's rebuking them for prioritizing their own home while not prioritizing the temple, the house of God. And he he said, "Is is it time? The prophet literally asks that question. Is it time for you to live in your paneled houses while my house lies in ruin? And the amazing thing is, is God's people heard God's prophet speak to them. God's people heard God's voice speak to them. And they were broken. And they were repentant. And they knew they needed to turn away from prioritizing their house. And they needed to turn to prioritizing God's house. And they they obeyed the voice of the Lord. Now what we've said in the last two weeks and the last few weeks is just simply this. The temple in the Old Testament is not the church building that we're going to build here in Sango. Rather, we have now become the temple. The temple was the place where the, the spirit of God would dwell and the, and the sacrifices would be made for sin and it's where ministry would take place. And so, so the building we're going to build is not the place sacrifices are going to be made. One final sacrifice was made on the cross, Jesus Christ. So sacrifices don't have to continue to be made. And now his spirit lives in us and we're actually God's building. We're God's house. But in a very similar way, the building we're going to build is a place of ministry. In the same way that the temple was kind of the hub of ministry, the building we're going to build is very much going to be a place of ministry. All the little temples of the Holy Spirit are going to gather in the building that we're going to build. We as a church have an opportunity to prioritize God's house, this building that we're uh, going to build. So the amazing thing is, is God's people heard God's voice, they obeyed God's voice, and uh, he said, go up to the hills, get the wood, bring it back down, and build my house. And so they said, okay, we're going to do this. And they started the work, and three weeks into the work, they got scared. Three weeks into building the temple, they got scared. Look at it with me in verses 1 through 9. Chapter 2, verse 1. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong. O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord, be strong. O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once, yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth, and the sea, and the dry land. And I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Would you pray with me? Father, we pray. You would speak to us personally and powerfully through your word. Your children, we are listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what happened? God spoke to him. He said, my house is laid in ruins. You've prioritized the wrong things. They heard the voice of the Lord. They began to obey the Lord, and then they they got scared. What did they get scared about? Well, he addresses that there were some still in Israel that remembered Solomon's temple. 
the, the temple that was built under Solomon's rule. And this temple was absolutely extraordinary. And so they began to think about the old temple in all of its glory. In three weeks in, they're trying to rebuild the temple that lied in ruins, and they were just overwhelmed. They were overwhelmed and they were scared. They were scared that it would never measure up to the former glory of the old temple. It's really interesting. The temple that was built under Solomon's rule took 180,000 men seven years to build it. So now you've got 50,000 Jews. <laughs> and you can just imagine, how many years is this going to take us to build, rebuild this temple? This is going to be tough work. And they got scared. Solomon's temple took 285 tons of gold. <laughs> That's a lot, isn't it? 625 tons of silver in bronze beyond measure. So here they were three weeks into rebuilding the temple, and all they could think about was the former glory of the old temple. And they were just overwhelmed. They were, they were terrified. I, I, I love how this points to the cross of Jesus Christ. Because I can only imagine that, that as the temple lies in ruins, as Jesus was hanging on the cross dying for sins, all of his disciples thought he was going to be the new ruler to usher in the kingdom of God. And now here he is dying, a, a picture of him lying in ruins. God's promise to his people were, listen, when you rebuild the temple, <laughs> the glory of the new temple, it's, it's going to far exceed the glory of the former. Well, here Jesus is on the cross seemingly lying in ruins, and the disciples were afraid. And yet a greater glory was coming, wasn't it? Jesus was going to die, but he wasn't going to stay dead. He was going to be buried, and he was going to be resurrected from the dead. That's what we're celebrating, celebrating next Sunday. That's really what we celebrate every Sunday, right? It's like, like we don't just isolate the resurrection one Sunday of the year. No, it's our hope day after day after day after day. Jesus was, uh, he appeared to, to lie in ruins, but a glory was coming. When, when he was in the tomb, darkness settled over the earth, but a glory was coming. Maybe you feel that way right now in your own life. Maybe you just feel like your life lies in ruins. And is there any hope? Is there any hope for anything better? Is there any hope for, for like you feel like brokenness is just at every turn and every time you're trying to accomplish something, you just fail. And what's our hope? Well, our hope is what Israel's hope was. Look at this with me in verse 3. He says, who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong. And that's what the Lord wants to tell you and me today. Be, be strong. O Zerubbabel declares the Lord, be Strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, and here it is, for I am with you, declares the Lord. I am with you, he says, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst, fear not. This is what's so extraordinary about this promise and what God is saying is Israel understood that God's presence resided in the temple. The temple lied in ruins and yet God was still promising that his presence was with them. God was still promising. And so if you face yourself, if you find yourself today where life just feels like it's laid in ruins, God's word for you is be strong. Don't fear. I'm with you. Be strong. 
don't fear, I'm with you. It's like we got to be, like we got to hear those words about everything in life, don't we? I mean, you've probably heard that the commandment used more often in the Bible is do not fear than any other commandment. It's been said that there's like over 365 times that the phrase do not fear is found in the Bible, one for, for every day. We need to hear do not fear in all kinds of things. I just think some of us are, are facing a rebellious child and the Lord says, be strong, I am with you, fear not. Some of us have a big interview coming up and we may just feel like our resume is not what it needs to be and the Lord says, be strong, I am with you, fear not. Others of us are battling infertility and the Lord says, be strong, I am with you, fear not. Some of us are facing ridicule for being a Christian We're being ostracized in our friend circles or at work. And the Lord says, be strong. I am with you. Fear not. Some of you are sending your kid to college and you're just overwhelmed by what's ahead. And the Lord says, be strong. I am with you. Fear not. Some of you are the kid being sent to college. And the Lord says, fear not. Be strong. I am with you. Some of you are fighting an addiction. Listen, we have a real lifer today that left earlier this week and he's in a rehab stepping out bold and courageously to fight an addiction. And he was terrified. And God's word to him was, be strong, I am with you, fear not. You see, we get to the place in our Christian life where either those words are enough for us or they're not. In other words, we find ourselves in a place of a dead-end road, of a brokenness of a rock bottom, of, a, of a, a place of desperation where the only thing we can hear from God is, be strong, I am with you, fear not. And we respond to that, but, but we want you to do this, and we want you to do this, and we want you to provide this, and we want you to provide this, and the Lord says, be strong, I am with you, fear not. And so we've got to wrestle and come to this place where we say, that's enough for me. That's enough for me. God's promise of his presence in this season, overcoming this obstacle, moving through this big life situation, that's going to be enough for me or or it's not. For the preacher preaching on an uncomfortable topic, the Lord says, be strong. I am with you. Do not fear. The Lord has been speaking to some of you about serving in the church. Maybe he's been speaking to you about serving in an area that you just don't like serving in. But you know you need to do it. And the Lord says, be strong. I'm with you. Don't fear. Others of you, the Lord has been kind of moving on your heart to host a community group. And you know you need to do it, but you've just been putting it off, and you've been putting it off, and you've been putting it off, and the Lord says, be strong. Be strong. I am with you. Don't fear. Do you hear the compassion in our Father's heart through those words? (laughs) It almost feels like, like sometimes it feels like a coach. You know what I mean? One of the things I love about Jesus is Jesus always knew what the need in the moment was. You know what I mean? Like Jesus knew whether or not we needed a firm rebuke or a really gentle, tender touch. And and some of you this morning, the Lord's 
been nudging your heart to host a community group. And you've got all these excuses and all these fears and all these things, all these reasons why. And the Lord wants to be tender with you. And he says, be strong. I am with you. I'm with you. Don't fear. Others of you, you've had a stubborn heart, a little bit of a stiff neck. That's what God calls his people, Israel. Stiff-necked people. And you don't need a gentle whisper. You need a firm rebuke. Because you've known for a long time how God's been leading you to step up and you've been hardening your heart and you need to hear the Lord Jesus look at you with his eyes of fire with a firm rebuke and say, no more playing games. It's time for you to rise up and to step up and to be strong and to be courageous. The thing is, I don't know what you need, but the Lord does. He knows whether or not you need a a gentle, comforting, reassuring whisper whether you need a bold, strong, unrelenting rebuke. Don't you love Jesus like that? He just, he just knows exactly what we need. So dads, as we consider our time, for some of you it's your time. It's your time to step up and be the leader in your home. You haven't yet discussed it in your home about what you're going to give and what your commitment's going to be. And dads, it's your time to step up, to step into leadership and to facilitate the conversation in your home of what are we going to do. Dads, it's your time to gather the family together and get on your knees. It's your time to be strong and courageous. And you're like, I don't, I don't pray good and I'm really uncomfortable and I break out in cold sweats and my wife is so much better at this stuff than I am and I don't really know how to do it. Be strong and courageous, men. God is with you. Don't fear. This is a really important time. The, the events that have been going on right around us, holy cow. If we're not waking up in this moment to live for what matters most and to leverage our life for his glory, in this moment, in this place, what's it going to take for us to, to hear the voice of the Lord and to be sensitive to his spirit? What's it going to take? It's just like situation after situation after situation. And now is the time for the people of God to rise up and to be bold and, and, and courageous. We can't wait and we can't put it off. I just want to speak to wives. And if your husband, for whatever reason, is afraid or apathetic or uninterested, you step up and be strong and courageous. If he's unwilling to gather the family together, the wives, you gather the family together and you say, this is our church and this is what our church is doing and it's time for us to talk about and pray about how God is leading us. Ladies, you be strong and courageous if he won't. And you facilitate it. And you pray and you get on your knees and you hear. Hear from the Lord. It's so scary, isn't it? Trusting the Lord with our money. It's so, scary. it's so scary, isn't it? So you're like, no. I'm 70 years old and I've been doing it since I'm 15. And he's been faithful time and time and time and time and time again. It ain't scary for me, it's joyful. It's joyful. But what if he leads you to the high dive this time? And what if he leads you to a back dive this time? 
What if it's not just a low diving board and a front dive? What if it's a high dive and it's a back dive and it's a little scarier? Questions like this come up. What if my what if my body gives out? I work with my body for my living. What if my body gives out? I work with my hands. What if my body fails me? The Lord says, be strong, I'm with you, fear not. What if my investments fail? The Lord says, be strong, I am with you, fear not. You know what the Lord doesn't say here to his people? He, he doesn't say, hey, I'm going to provide every single thing you need and then some. He doesn't say, hey, if, hey, if you trust me with this, you're going to get wealthy. He says, no, I'm, I am with you, and that's the greatest wealth. I mean, it's like the Lord wants to know, Lord, do we want you or do we just want the comforts that you provide? I mean, one pastor said it this way, are you going to be happy in heaven if Jesus is not there? No hell, no pain, no suffering, but no Jesus? See, the Lord is telling his people, I'll be with you. Not I'm going to give you all this stuff, I'll be with you. So it's a real test of what is their treasure. What do they want most? Do they want the presence of God most? Or do they just want what he can provide? What if my new boss doesn't like me and I lose my job? Be strong, I am with you, fear not. What if I never get to redo the kitchen? Be strong, I am with you, fear not. What if we never get to take that vacation? Be strong, I am with you, fear not. What if she doesn't get that scholarship? Be strong, I am with you, fear not. What if I get sick? What if we have medical bills? Be strong, I am with you, fear not. Will you say this with me? What if inflation continues to rise? Be strong, I am with you, fear not. What if my transmission goes out? Say it with me, be strong, I am with you, fear not. What if we more owe more taxes than we thought we were going to? Say it with me. Be strong. I am with you. Fear not. Let's just watch this video of a couple that they're being strong. They know the Lord's with them. They're not fearing. Check this out. Blake found real life. Yep, we found saw a sign. sign in the yard and I was like, what does that sign mean? And I started Googling it and found real life. We decided to go one week, and that was it. We were, we knew. Yeah, we were sold. I love the raw, the real that we that outside of what the name of the church is, real life saying, "Oh, I really loved how real it was." So I told her, I was like, I was like, "This is great. This is like a full circle congregation." I was like, "This is this is what it feels like it should be." Freddie P. I don't know. I we've moved so much and listened to so many different pastors and that kind of thing and I didn't really grow up around it as much but as soon as I heard him I knew because we moved so much we were always on the okay what's next where are we going to move you know what are we going to do with this next where just there was never st stability so finally you know we see the things that we have and we can be grateful for them and we're not looking for something that's better you know yeah we've never been more at peace than we are right now with what we're doing, what God's had for us. It's just, this, I feel full. We've always been running, so I feel full again. Money's always weird to talk about. I feel like numbers are hard to hear when people ask for money. It's kind of, you know, it gets uncomfortable. For Blake and I at the beginning, it, it was hard to talk about. I was hesitant about the beginning giving and I was hesitant about the future giving and like I said it just kind of came over me that 
it was gonna be okay, but it took a little bit of time to get there for me. Um, so Blake and I had a lot of conversations when we first talking about our time and what we were gonna give and that kind of thing. It, I stayed on the smaller scale. I still was like, I don't know about this number that you brought to me. I, you know, I still was hesitant with that number. In all honesty, we've just never had much. So when you when you plan on that, you have to really go out on a limb there to, to have that faith. And that's exactly what we're working on is is having a faith and knowing that it's it's gonna be it's gonna be okay and it's gonna be for a goodwill. When we were looking for that number, it just kept playing in my mind. Where will we go on Sundays? What will we do on Sundays if there's no real life? Eventually, you know, it just got easier. And like I said before, um, if we don't give and they don't give and she doesn't give because they think, oh, maybe that person will give more and, you know, we'll be covered. The church will, the church will build and it'll be fine. Someone will give it. Somebody will, somebody will miraculously come out and give the money. So that is why we pushed ourselves to be able to give what we're going to give. It was probably just one day that I came to you and I was like, okay, I'm okay with it now. She was at peace. I'm just okay with it. And he's like, okay. Something in me knew that it was okay. Still so try not to think about the bad things that could happen. Oh, you know, he could lose his job next week or financial, that could change. Or, you know, what if we need that money for something? We're just, we're giving it all to God. And that's what I have to remember in this whole deal is we, we love what's being done. We love the church, but this church is in nothing if we can't go outside the doors and preach the Word of God. And if we can't be uh, courageous in that act. If we can't be courageous and we can't live this life for Jesus, then, then inside the church it's just empty. Whether we're here or not, we want, to see, we want to see this place light the world up on fire for Jesus. That's what we want to see. Amen. It's truly awesome what the Lord is doing. I just... I'm just hearing stories after stories of how God's speaking to people's hearts, how he's stirring people's hearts, how he's leading them to new levels of trusting him and new levels of, of sacrifice. And church, I just want to say, if you're a real lifer, um, don't presume that the Lord wants to do this or is going to do this without your best gift. Did you, did you, hear, did you hear Emma? It's easy, to, it's easy to think, oh, she'll do it or oh, he'll do it or oh, they'll do it. What if this is a test that God wants to see if you're going to lean in? What if, he's, what if this is a test for you to see, are you going to trust me? Are you going to give? Are you going to hear my voice? Where do we find comfort? Do we find comfort in the money and the things that we've saved? Or we do, do we find comfort in the promise that God's presence will be with us? We're tempted to be afraid, and God's command to us is, be strong. I'm with you. Don't fear. About a year and a half into planting this church, one of my greatest fears happened. And here I am. <laughs> and sometimes the best thing that can happen to us is to experience one of our greatest fears. Because when it happens, you experience a brand new liberty of, wow, one of my greatest fears just happened and everything really is okay. God wants us to have that liberty. He does, not want, he does not want us to be afraid. Would you just, would you just grab your commitment card here? Just turn it on the back.
I just want to ask this question this morning. Will your commitment be fueled by faith or shaped by fear? That's the question that I want you to ponder this week as you, as you prepare to bring your commitment before the Lord. Now, here's what's happened. If you've been tracking with us, um, Susan and I, we already had our commitment made and the Lord continued to speak to us. He continued to stretch us. He continued to, to fuel our faith so that our faith was fueling our, our, our giving. Um, 72 families, if you, just, if you came in late this morning, 72 families have already made their commitment. And so to those 72 families, I just want to say, keep listening to the Lord. Keep listening to the Lord. Maybe he's not yet done. Maybe you're having the most delightful time giving on the low dive. And he wants you to go up to the high dive. Listen, if the Lord wants you to go up to the high dive, we're we're around you, right? Let's go, come on, come on, you can do it. Anybody else want to just join me? Come on, you all right? You can do it. Come on, you can do it. We believe in you. Now, you know what? You know what happened with my sister when she stood on the high dive and wouldn't go off? Come on. Come on! It's not going to happen without you. Nobody else is going off the diving board until you go off. You know, one of the things that I shared with our leaders is that perhaps many of them have filled out a card and made a commitment because I asked them to. But not yet because the Lord asked them to. And so, I, church, I'm so honored that you would follow my leadership. I just, I love you so much. I'm so thankful to be the pastor of this church. I just, Sunday is my favorite day of the week. When I see you in the community, I just, my heart leaps out of my chest. I'm not being cheesy. I'm just being real. I love you so much. But don't do this because I'm asking you to do this. Do this because you know the Lord is leading you to do this. Um, Susan and I, I shared this story about how Susan and I, we had our commitment and the Lord kept stretching our faith and he began to deal with her about some bookshelves and some money that she had saved to build some bookshelves. And as she shared that story with me, um, the Lord began to deal with me about some baseball cards that I needed to sell. And as I was telling her about the baseball cards that I needed to sell to give to real life, then she began to tell me about the crystal that she was gonna buy, she was gonna sell and buy a rug with, but now the Lord was dealing with her. And so I told that story on the podcast and then Mary Poor texted me and, um, and said, hey, Uh, I just listened to the podcast of you telling the story about how the Lord's speaking to you. And now the Lord is speaking to me about a a piece of art that I need to sell for our time. And I'm selling this art and it's of high value and I'm going to do this. And so last week um, I had Mary and Susan up here. And so if you didn't get to hear their stories, go back to YouTube or Facebook and you can hear their stories. Or go to the podcast and you can hear their stories. And so um, we got home from church and um, we found this laying on the the, uh, kitchen table. And this is a jersey that one of Jack's mentors gave him, and it's an authenticated signed Magic Johnson jersey. And when, if you were here last week, you heard me saying, when, 
Jack came walking through the living room when Susan and I were talking about this, and we decided, like I was, I was saying, I'm going to sell my baseball cards, and Jack's like, you're not going to get that much for them. He's like, thanks, buddy. It's our time, you know? It's like. And, and sure enough, like these 20 cards are more valuable than my like 10,000 cards, or I, I don't know, 2,000 cards. I don't know how many cards I got. And the Lord had spoke to Jack's heart um, during the first service, and he goes home for the second, and then he comes back and tears down. So when we got home, he had already come back to church to tear down, and this was on the kitchen table. And this is, this is his most valuable possessions that he owns. And so as a parent, I'm like immediately in this tug of war. Going, do I want my son to give away his most valuable things? Yes! If it's the Lord. I don't want him to keep it if the Lord's saying give it. Does it, does it hurt my heart? Yes, it does. It hurts my heart. I feel sacrifice in his gift. I, because he's my son and I feel the pain of the sacrifice of of his gift. And church, I'm so excited because God is going to show himself to be so strong and so faithful to you. And I just pray you hear his voice, that you don't harden your heart to his voice. Emma said it, she can't give for you and he can't give for you and they can't give for you. Only you can give for you. Jesus said where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our giving truly does reflect our loving. And what we love will be reflected in what we give. I... um. I just want to close just with a couple of questions. Will, will, the, will your commitment next week be, be fueled by faith or shaped by fear? Will it, will it look safe or will it look like a sacrifice? Some of you, you've never taken that step to trust the Lord with your resources and begin to give. Let me just challenge you. If you're a part of this church, it's time you become a, a contributor, not just a consumer. Um, it's, it's just, it's part of maturing. As an adult, it's part of maturing as a Christian. That you come to that place, you know, as a child, we're just receiving and receiving and receiving and receiving. But as we grow up as an adult, we become a contributor, not just a consumer. So church, I love you. I'm praying for you. And I can't wait to see how God is speaking to you. Um, I'm going to show you this video that we saw last week just on how to fill out um, the commitment card. And um, I'm praying for you as you pray, as you seek the Lord, and just can't wait to see what God does. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.